Hey guys, Sean Hayes here. Jason Bateman, Will Arnett, and I had a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to sit down with not one, not two, but three presidents of the United States on our recent episode of Smartless. That's because President Biden, a returning guest, brought two of his favorite pals, former Presidents Bill Clinton and Barack Obama, all joined us for unforgettable conversation. It's a historic episode of Smartless as we pry into the minds of these remarkable leaders. We'll cover everything from their time in office, America's responsibilities in the world, and their personal passions in an episode full of some candid stories, insightful perspectives, and a few surprises along the way. Whether you're a political junkie or just curious about the inner workings of the Oval Office, this episode is a must listen. Don't miss out on this incredible opportunity to hear from three of the most influential figures in recent American history. Follow Smartless on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also listen to Smartless ad-free by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Hall of Shame is brought to you by Whistleblower. In 2007, an NBA referee was caught betting on games, but not just any games, games that he officiated. That referee, Tim Donaghy, wasn't placing small personal bets. He was at the center of a billion-dollar scheme making big money for the mafia. Whistleblower is a new podcast from Tenderfoot TV. Follow along as journalist Tim Livingston investigates this scandal from all sides, even looking beyond one referee and into some of the most controversial playoff and finals games. You will hear from NBA champion Rasheed Wallace, former NBA head coach George Carl, former mobster Michael Fanzisi, and many more, including Tim Donahue himself. Plus, it's narrated by soprano star Michael Imperioli. Oh my God, count me in. Whistleblower is available now. Search Whistleblower in your podcast app and subscribe. This sounds awesome. Hey everybody, I'm Rachel Benetta. And I'm Rechna Frickbaum. And this is Hall of Shame. Hello? <sighs> Rechna, <I'm- Where to even begin I don't mean to start off the pod this way, but, like, your girl is just pissed to the nines today. I know. It's okay. I think we can start off the pod like that, you know? (sighs) Well, I feel like maybe this is collectively, uh, this is, like, how women are feeling right now, perhaps. Um, (sighs) Shout out to the dudes that listen to this podcast as well. Maybe you're pissed off, too. Somebody explained to me, like, what boner these guys have for overturning Roe. It's like... You don't have to get a shmushmarshin, you know? Yeah. I I feel (laughs) like in so many different ways, women are just, like, taking a hit this week. Like, yeah, obviously, the worst fucking thing happened the other day with Ruth Bader Ginsburg passing away. Yeah, And then this week in, like, my sphere, in our world of, like, women in sports, like, the hits keep on coming. Yeah. Maria Taylor, our Lord and Savior, who's fucking so talented at her job, is getting thrown in the mud. Katie Nolan, all of these women that we love and respect. Like, I don't know what it's like. RBG died and dudes are just like, now we can be even more of a yeah. dickhole. It's like they found the ring from the fires of mortar. Like somehow her death like <laughs> resurrected the ring. Am I such a nerd? You know what I'm saying. You are. You but have no idea I get it because I'm, I'm a nerd too. Um Yay. Anyways, you know what I just wanted to say? If you love a woman that covers sports, send them a tweet this week or send them a message or just be like, hey, you're doing a great job and I know you're probably fucking getting shit on from every single angle and I just want to know you're cool because I know that it would mean a lot to a lot of people right now. Should you take a minute to talk about it? What happened? 
or what's happening? Not really, because I don't I don't want to call more attention to sure. what happened. Basically, this guy is just insanely sexist. There was the thing is is it's multiple things are happening. Yeah. There was an article that came out trashing Maria Taylor because Maria Taylor, it came out that she gets to vote on the NBA MVP. She left Anthony Davis off of her ballot, whether that was a mistake or not. All of these people started questioning Maria Taylor all of a sudden. She, I believe, is new to the voting process because she's usually a college football sideline reporter and does a lot of with football. And now she's crossed over to basketball and she is incredibly talented and knows what the fuck she's talking about. So for her to be questioned on this is just bullshit. And then that just created a firestorm because all of the women in my position who cover sports are like, no. And then it was just like fire back and forth. I can't even look at my Twitter mentions right now because it's just hot garbage. Yeah. My dudes, like, pull it together and just be allies. Yeah. You know? That's what I'm saying. I, I feel on. like this week is just coming from every angle, and it just sucks. Tough. We just We just need a break. Well, I'm sorry, lady. I think you're doing an awesome job, and I adore you. Oh, thanks. So... I Just FYI. feel the same way about you mm-hmm. and I feel the same way about so many women. Um, so like I said, if you guys are really fond of somebody that is doing a really great job, why don't you go ahead and tell them? Yeah. Because maybe they're not hearing some nice things this week. Acknowledgement goes a long way. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Anyways, I feel so good that I got that off my chest. Good. And I'm so glad that I didn't even have to name the people because they don't deserve to have their names spoken on the podcast. How about that? Today, we are doing something a little different. I'm actually very excited about this. Sports are happening in like a surplus right now, which we obviously love. There's friggin' basketball, hockey, tennis, golf, football, college football in some places. It's incredible. We love it. Um, But there's still a motherfucking pandemic happening. People are stuck in bubbles. Emotions are high. We all saw... How do you say this motherfucker's name? I know it's Novak. Novak Djokovic? Joker? I just call him Djokovic. Do you? Djokovic. Yeah, he's also our worst. Talking about men who don't support women. Well. Agent number one. We all saw Djokovic hit a ball straight into someone's throat. So. Wild. Shit's going down. Okay? Emotions are high, like I said. So I thought. Mm -hmm. What better way to talk about some of our favorite and not so favorite athletes just completely losing their shit than right now? Love it. That's right, baby. We are doing another top five list. This time we are counting down our top five favorite meltdowns. Some will be justified. This is so fun. So fun. Some will be justified. Some notorious and others straight up unnecessary, but we're going to talk about them anyways. I Love that. And I'm like, it's a way to channel our collective rage right now. Frustration. In a productive, fun way. There you go. Okay, so first, before we get going, are you prone to, <laughs> this sounds ridiculous asking an adult, are you prone to throwing temper tantrums, Rachna? <laughs> I can get mad. Yeah. I mean, oh. I ha- I feel like the older I've gotten, the less that's true. But like oh, really? in my 20s, I could see red. Yeah, I feel like I, it's like, probably the thing I've 
gotten on top of most in my life oh, and sort wow. of just like found better ways is my temper. Good for you. It takes a lot. Mm-hmm. But once I get there, it's like kind of over. I feel like the same in some ways. Like I used to be the queen of temper tantrums. I have three older yeah. brothers. We always used to play sports, whether it was like badminton in the backyard or basketball or whatever. And I used to throw these shit fits where I would literally just burst into flames and I would bite them. <laughs> I had no other okay. weapons. I had no other way of yeah. like inflicting Expressing harm. yourself. Yeah. My brothers were so much older than me and I needed to win. My belief is that little kids, little ones tantrum because they have these feelings and they don't have words for them. And yes. I literally think that's true of adults. And I think that like that's where therapy is the best because it gives you language. Mm-hmm. Once you have language to express yourself, you get less rage filled because yeah. you, but you didn't have that with your brothers. No. It's you like, were like, hi therapist, I can't stop biting people and I'm 28 years old. I need some And help. she was like, let me give you some language, you know? <laughs> Talk through these emotions, Rach. But I do think that helps. I think like more than even the like processing, it's just like having words to describe how you're feeling helps you not just be like, I got to show you how I'm feeling by like screaming, you know? But I I do think it happens in sports because it's not like there's like a microphone in front of you. Like you just kind of show your emotions because you're all out there. There's also not time to pause and like say a dissertation about your Exactly, exactly. Okay, so with all of this being said, uh, this is our list, okay? So I'm fully ready to be trashed, but try not to. I would love to hear your suggestions. I would love to hear what you love. Yeah, who you would put on yours. Exactly. I would love to hear your favorite meltdown. So please hit us up. Um, This is going to be really fun, and I'm sure we'll get some amazing tweets. Okay, so... Are you ready for number five? I'm ready. Coming in I'm so excited. at number five, we are starting off strong. We begin with Jim Everett. He is a former Rams quarterback <laughs> and has a flair for the dramatics. This is actually my personal favorite. My brothers okay. introduced me to this video, and we laugh about <laughs> it all the time, and I hope it makes you laugh too. So there is this guy named Jim Rome. If you are into sports and you watch sports and listen to sports on the radio, you will totally know who he is. If you don't, God, I this guy... about Jim Rome in a minute. For real. He's been around for... Ever. He's got a radio show that he yeah. does every day. He's a pretty big guy in the sports radio world. He has over 1 yes. million followers on Twitter. The Jim Rome show is yeah. tied for 21st when it comes to most listened to talk radio shows in the United States. I've listened mm-hmm. to him a handful of times. I'm not a fan. I do not like this guy. I He's tough. He's like a strong cup of coffee, you know? Yeah, perfect way to explain him. He's yeah. just a bit of a jerk. And he established that early on. Former NBA commissioner David yeah. Stern once accused him of making his career off of cheap thrills, which a lot of people do in this industry these yeah. days, and it fucking sucks. So in 1994... Jim Rome had this show on ESPN2 called Talk To, where he had athletes come on, they talk about their lives, whatever. One day, he invited Jim Everett on, and he is most known to have played on the LA Rams, but at this point in his career, he had just moved to the Saints in New Orleans, so they were going to chat about that and his life and whatever. So Jim Everett was a decent quarterback. He still actually holds records for the Rams in passing yards, but he he had a record of 46 and 59. So like he sucked. 
You know, he was good, but at the same time, he was not good. He was good, but, like, his record didn't reflect. Exactly. Sure. He also, poor guy, bless his heart, got made fun of a lot because one time he took a phantom sack. So, basically, he fell to the ground in anticipation of getting hit, and the hit never came, so he was just on the ground. Rough. (laughs) Which is, like, to be honest, if I was in the NFL, I'd be, like, throwing up phantom sacks every single game. On every play, your girl's down. (laughs) They're like, you're not even a part of this play, and I'd be like, I just... I could feel the pain. We would be full <laughs> Neymars in yeah. the game of football. Okay, so Jim Rome for years had called Jim Everett, Chris Everett, to like fuck with him. He's now a member of the Saints. Jim, good to have you on the show. Good to be here, Jim. Thank you. Check that. Chris Everett, good to have you on the show. You know what? You know, you've been calling me that for about the last five years. About two years, actually. Chris Everett is actually like this kick-ass female tennis player. She won 18 Grand Slam singles championships, three doubles titles. Yeah. And Jim Rome thought the best insult he could come up with is equating Jim Everett to an incredible female tennis player. So Let us like de-normalize or unnormalize or whatever that is, equating like an insult to like calling someone a woman. Like that's the greatest Also, compliment. that's just like not, you didn't even think this through, my guy, because if anything, this is a compliment. Like this chick yeah. kicks ass. So totally. anyways, this name calling had been going on for, I think, years. Like anytime he would talk about Everett on the radio, he would call him Chris and You know, everyone would talk about it and whatever. So Jim Rome invited Jim Everett on his show to discuss his move to the Saints and presumably to continue his hilarious joke of calling him a woman. It did not go over well. Somewhere along the way, Jim, you ceased being Jim and you became Chris. Well, let me tell you a little secret that, you know, we're sitting here right now. And if you guys want to take a station break, you can. But if you call me Chris Everett to my face one more time. I already did it twice. You better call one more time. We better take a station break. Well, it's a five-minute segment. Our five-segment show. We got a long way to go. We do. We got a long way to go. We do. I'll get a couple segments out of here. It's good to be here with you, though. Well, it's good to see you, too. Because you've been talking like this behind my back for a long time. But now I said it right here. Right. Exactly. We got no problem with that. I think that you, you probably won't say it again. I bet I do. Okay. Chris. Hey, hey, just kidding, man. Just kidding. Get him! Get him off me! 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 Incredible. So, <laughs> I know what you're all thinking. It's amazing to hear Jim Rome squeal like a little baby. Yeah, like a baby. Like a man, a baby. might I say. <laughs> Jim Rome squealing like Jim Everett. Yep, there you go. Rome said that Everett knew he was going to do that, but like, why the fuck? Why are you bringing someone onto your show to humiliate them in the first place? Also, it's a dumb, like, come up with a better chirp. To humiliate with them with, like, nothing. Like, yeah. it's it's not even interesting. This is something that has gained popularity as the years have gone on. Um, nobody really talked about it when it happened because no one gives a shit about Jim Rome or, sorry, Jim Everett. Um, but there were (laughs) only a few mentions of the outburst and Jim Rome was labeled immature, but there was only one call out over sexism over the whole entire thing. I mean, you now know that the 1990s were very fun for women, obviously. I mean, it turns out the 2010s, same. 2020s, 2020s, still in the same boat. So on the anniversary of this incident this year, Everett tweeted out a clip with, quote, seems like yesterday in some like weird cursive font and a (laughs) winky emoji. 
God, old people and emojis is something. Guys, just don't <laughs> use them after you get over a certain age. Uh, this uh, is truly, it tickles me. This is one of my my faves. Uh, hilarious. My, my brothers I and I always it. call each other Chris. <laughs> <laughs> Earned or not? I like, I root for no one in this story. You know what I mean? It's just <laughs> trash all around. Just a couple of like hotheads, like whatever. Yeah. Okay. Ding dongs. Moving on to number four. <laughs> Another personal favorite, and we are going all the way to Canada for it. Have you ever heard of Ty Domi? Do you know who that is? No. Okay. Well, he is a very famous Toronto Maple Leafs player. That's hockey for you dum-dums. I'm sorry. It's like the one sport I know less. Honestly, same, and I'm Canadian, so I can't say shit. But Ty Domi was known for his fighting abilities. He has more penalty minutes than any other player in the history of the Maple Leafs and the (laughs) third most in the NHL of all time. You... You didn't cross this motherfucker. He was like stone cold. If you got into it with Ty Domi, you're basically starting to pray to Jesus H. Christ himself because there's a chance you might die. You <laughs> might die on the Goodbye ice in front you. of everybody. Maybe you signed your will before you took the ice. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> as a lawyer, I would suggest it. Because he was so rough and intense and just like one of the boys, he is so famous in Canada. He's so famous in Ontario. Like he's probably never paid for a beer in his entire life. And he still very much is. So now he may be a hero to us, but he is an absolute villain in literally every city across the United States. (laughs) But nowhere was he more despised than in Philadelphia. Fans hated him. And Ty Domi ate that shit up. He loved it. This is what Ty said about playing there. I played it up in Philly, especially for the fans, Domi said. They were on me, and I would kind of taunt them on, too. So it was a lot of fun. I'm so fascinated by heels and people who, like, love it, you know? Like, and love being a heel. Because I am so broken around being, wanting to be liked or, like, having a hard (laughs) time if someone's upset with me. That, like... I can't imagine being like, bring it, motherfuckers. And I'm like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> like immediate. <laughs> I was a heel exactly one time in my life. My All three of my brothers came to watch me play hockey. And all they wanted to see was their little sister in the penalty box. And so I took a chick down. <laughs> and I was like 12. <laughs> like I had no fucking idea what I was doing. You did it for your brother's adoration, though. You did it for adoration elsewhere. I did it for my brother's. I was in the penalty yeah. box. And I looked up in the stands. And they were all like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why I am the way I am today. <laughs> yeah. I'm just like fascinated. Like I think it's like impressive in a way that like it takes like such a confidence. Absolutely. I mean, I think that they're all just like actors. Like I think that they just love the showmanship of it. You know? Yeah. I just like would immediately be like, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. That's so mean. Yeah. I probably wrote that girl a letter after. So in 2001, the Leafs are playing the Flyers one night in Philadelphia where everyone hates Ty Domi. It's the third period. The game is tied 1-1. Ty Domi was just sent to the penalty box for doing Ty Domi things. And Ty Domi goes right back to look. And Kevin Collins is on the scene. And there will be no fight. Unbelievable. <laughs> so the frustration will boil over. It'll get worse with the two guys yapping, going to the box, not happy. Neither of them got their frustrations out. The fans begin throwing shit at him. (laughs) Of course they do that to him then when he cannot 
physically yeah, harm he's like them. Trapped inside a box. Yeah, they would <laughs> never do it to him on like the street. But Taidomi yeah. started squirting water at the crowd. So it's like back and forth. And I think penalty boxes used to be a lot more accessible in the early two thousands. Mm-hmm probably because of what what's about to happen is what made them less accessible. But uh, so he covered them in water. And then this fan, Chris Falcone, reaches over the glass and tries to punch Taidomi like an absolute wild man. The glass breaks. Then all of a sudden, Chris finds himself in the lion's den. Oh, into the stands goes Taidomi. The glass knocked out. A fan is Taidomi snaps. The refs book it to the penalty box. Taidomi's just like wailing on this guy. They're pulling these guys off of each other. It is absolute madness. Now Kevin Collins trying to get the fan off of Taidomi. Uh, remember, uh, Domi was uh, throwing some water at the guy. Or, and I think that, that got the ire of the Flyer fan. Taidomi punched the fan in the face twice. And Chris Falcone left the arena with the police to head straight to the hospital because he needed multiple stitches in the forehead. Wow. Meanwhile, Ty Domi played out the rest of the game after his penalty box stint was up. He was only fined $1,000. But get this, he was not fined for fighting the fan, but for spraying the water. The NHL said while squirting (laughs) water might seem relatively harmless, the game shows it can cause a chain of anticipated and unfortunate events. Mm. (laughs) So I think the bad guy here is Chris. I think that this is actually a fan temper tantrum. I'm with you. I'm with Ty Domi here, like whatever, but like don't do that, dude. That's not cool. Exactly. So 15 years later, Ty Domi and the Philly fan were reunited over the phone and they made up and it was all nice. Love a happy ending. Okay, on to number three. Okay. We're mixing it up with this one. I've got to say, I have never seen an athlete react in such a poor way over winning. Okay. Oh, I'm excited. Table tennis player Zhang Zhika celebrated his win at the 2014 Table Tennis World Cup by throwing an absolute shit fit. This is... (laughs) The funniest thing I have ever seen, Rechna. The video is amazing. So, okay, the annual World Cup is the third most important table tennis tournament out there, after the Olympics, of course, and the biannual World Championships. The prize money is $45,000. Okay. Okay. In the championship matchup, Argai Zhang was going up against his longtime rival, Ma Long. Zhang was ranked fourth in the world. Ma was ranked third. So this was like a very intense, close matchup. Gotcha. Ma Long said, each of us has this certain period. Sometimes I'm a little better. Sometimes he's a little better. Perhaps we mirror each other. So very evenly matched rivals. Yep. A lot on the line here. Yeah. So in a very heated match, these guys were close the entire time. But Zhang takes the crown. And then absolutely flips out. He (laughs) rips, rips his shirt open, like from (laughs) the collar, hulks it, and just goes like, runs around screaming (laughs) at the crowd for no reason, just yelling at people seated. Trying to watch some ping pong. Yeah. He kicks through multiple cardboard barriers that feature the names of tournament advertisers like (laughs) Screw You Progressive, Eat It Chase. He is now bare chested, throws his shirt into the crowd. The crowd is now loving it. Meanwhile, Ma is over here like, "Um, What's happening? Can I go home now? What? I. 
I truly love this so much. You should be able to celebrate literally any way you want. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you are a ping pong champion. Yeah. If you need to get angry, I it, do. you do you. You are a ping pong <laughs> champion, okay? But on the flip side, chill the fuck out because you are a ping pong <laughs> champion. <laughs> Anyways, people do not like this reaction. The tournament's jury strips him of his $45,000 oh, prize. Shit. Critics believe this was meant to send a message that table tennis is a respectable game and must be treated with dignity. I was going to say, I wondered if it was around that. <sighs> and Zhang apologized after. I am very sorry for what I did. It was not acceptable behavior, and I am sorry. This was a perfect victory. I have been under a great deal of pressure with people questioning my form. Even Ma was like, guys, chill. Zhang's personality is very strong, thus such kind of release after the match. I hope everyone will see it properly. (laughs) So this is actually very interesting. Yes. It's insane to see the differences in the reaction from our number two, Tai Domi, who only got fined $1,000, to number three, who got stripped of absolutely everything. In my opinion, this is what makes sports fun, is that we see this like incredible emotion from this guy that just won $25,000 against his like rival. He rips his shirt open. Like it's amazing. It's a great tantrum. It's like a release. Exactly. This is people, people. This is why we love sports. Stop taking the good stuff away from us. I also feel like a video like that, like, could have in a certain time gone like viral and brought a lot of attention to table tennis. Table tennis, which is a sport that like probably deserves more attention than it gets, you know? Okay, I know I called it ping pong, but like table tennis is fucking legit. Good table. It's so it's fun to watch. In- too. It's insane. Like it it's goes so fast. so fast you can't even see the ball. Yes. I'm with him. I'm with him and his weird uh <laughs> release Zhang celebration. We're with you. Angry celebration. We're with you. Okay, number two. Okay. We're getting close, folks. This could have easily been number one because it is bar none the craziest thing to happen during any sporting event that has ever taken place in the history of sports. a big statement. Do you have any idea what it is? Do you want to guess? I I can't even guess. I feel like a hundred things are rushing my brain, so I'm so curious. Number two, Mike Tyson. Uh, sure. On June 28th, 1997, Evander wow, wow, Holyfield wow. faced Mike Tyson for the second time at the MGM Grand in Las Vegas. Big old deal. They had fought seven months earlier, and Holyfield won by knockout in the 11th round. This time around... The place was packed. Tensions were high. This was like the most important boxing match ever. The waiting is over. The talking is done. The rematch is here. Mm -hmm. Well, maybe not ever, but close to it. In the beginning, at least. Holyfield came out swinging again. He was absolutely dominant early on. He won the first three rounds, but Mike Tyson kept on complaining about these first three bouts because Holyfield kept headbutting him. The refs checked afterwards and decided the headbutts were unintentional and non-punishable, but they did cut up Tyson pretty good. He had a cut above his right eye in the second round. Right. So Tyson's temper started to flare. He started the third round with no mouth guard in, like totally forgetting that he's about to be in a fight. He was so agitated. He came out with a vicious attack right off the bat. Tyson with a short left hook to the head of Holyfield. 
to the head of Holyfield, a straight right. The left hook got his attention, then he came back with a nice one-two, a left hook and a right hand, and Holyfield looked like he was stunned. With 40 seconds remaining in the third round, Holyfield had Tyson in a clinch. Tyson rolled his head under Holyfield's ear and fucking bit it off. What happened here? He got bit, I think. Evander Holyfield, look out, he's pushed right here, above us by Tyson. He's got bit in the ear. Oh my goodness, he's got a bloody right ear. Holyfield bit by a dirty Mike Tyson. I can't believe what I'm seeing. One of the wilder things I've ever seen in my life. A one-inch piece of ear Insane. was spat out uh. onto the mat by Tyson for everybody at the MGM to see. Ew! <laughs> like, stop the fight right then and there, yeah. you guys. Holyfield is screaming bloody murder and bleeding profusely, obviously. Sure. The man's a lot of nerve endings there. Ear was just bitten off. He pushed Tyson away and walked to his corner, but Tyson still wasn't done and tried to keep fighting him because he is a deranged human, probably. Yeah. The sure. fight was delayed for a few minutes. At first, officials wanted to call it off, but the ringside doctor said that Holyfield was actually able to keep fighting. And because I guess this is like fucking gladiator season, it was back on. Well, boxing is like such a corrupt fucking sport. So oh, Jesus. He, he only deducted two points from Tyson, and the <laughs> bell rings. They continue the fight. During another clinch where Holyfield had Tyson, Tyson bit his other ear. Two bites. It wasn't as bad as the first one. He didn't like spit it onto the mat or anything like that. And the fight continued, and it wasn't discovered. So you can kind of relate, because biting was like your go-to also. I mean, okay, but I'm not Mike Tyson. I'm not Mike Tyson <laughs> level of biting. <laughs> I was just trying to, like, get them to say, okay, you win. I wasn't trying to take a chunk out of their earlobe. <laughs> so the officials realized Mike did it again and called the match disqualifying him. Like, you, why yes. didn't, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. On um, the second ear word? bite, we were like, maybe <laughs> yeah. we should call it. Maybe we should have done it after the first ear bite. After the Wild. fight was stopped, Tyson just lost his mind. Went crazy in the ring. Security had to separate both pairs. Now, immediately following the fight, Tyson was unapologetic, saying this. No one deducted points. This is my career. What am I supposed to do? I've got children to raise. He kept butting me. Holyfield is not a tough warrior. He got a little cut on his ear and he quit. Holyfield didn't want to fight regardless of what he did. Look at me. Look at me. I'll go home and my kids will be scared of me. Um, sir, you, you bit somebody's ear. I sir. I'm going to guess that your yeah. kids are probably already pretty scared of you. Mike Tyson's Oof. boxing license was revoked and he was fined $3 million plus legal costs. What's sort of mind boggling about this incident is that just six years prior to biting someone's ear off, he was convicted of rape and served time in prison. So not only yep. was the sport willing to look past the violent conviction and allow him back into the ring, but even after biting off someone's ear twice, his boxing license was reinstated in 1999, just three years later, because of fucking course <clears throat> it was. Ugh. Rushna, I'm sure you know this, but a single boxing fight can make 
millions and millions of dollars. In yeah. fact, Tyson's first comeback fight after his stint in prison for rape made over $96 million with over one and a half million purchasing access to the fight. They don't give a fuck about anything but money. Does anyone? I mean, yeah. Like, I think if we're learning nothing, we're learning people don't have a value system unless it's to judge other people. Yeah. But they don't have it for themselves. So that's great. So with the numbers that I just said, I mean, it's no wonder that boxing prioritizes their wallet over everything else. And it's not just boxing. It's a lot of sports. It's the NFL. It's the NBA. It's this, that, and the other. They're like, he raped someone. They're like, but $96 million. he's popular. He's got like a cool face tattoo. Meanwhile, I got to tell you, like a lady does like, one tiny thing and everyone's like yeah this fucking bitch she's gonna lose all her sponsorship megan rapino dyes her hair pink and like fucking yeah they're like soccer is canceled out of control disrespectful <laughs> mike tyson rapes a woman goes to jail for it is convicted and they're like our guy get in here buddy yeah what what is, what's also crazy Ooh. is like how popular this dude is in pop culture i mean he's like appeared in yeah. countless movies and television shows the yeah. hangover there's literally a Wikipedia page from Mike Tyson in pop culture. Ugh, so what have we learned here? If anything, this bad behavior and emotional outbursts are not only encouraged, but monetarily rewarded. Mike Tyson yeah. biting someone's ear off is just good old money making television. Interesting. Shitty is what it is. I'm like sort of like I have anxiousness about what's one if that was two. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen. We have seen a lot of weird shit in sports, but number two has kind of got to take the cake. Like it's a, it's like two, but it's also yeah. one. But number one, who really isn't number one at all? She doesn't deserve to be on this list, but we are putting her at number one to prove a point. But Rechna, I'm not going to tell you who it is until after the break. Hall of Shame is brought to you by Backcountry. Guys, we've all been stuck inside for the past 100 months. And guess what? The outdoors is calling us. And if you want to answer, backcountry.com is the place to go. Because when you shop at backcountry.com, you can pick up the phone and talk gear with an actual former Olympian. Founded by a former Olympic skier, Backcountry.com is the best place for outdoor gear and apparel. I just went on Backcountry.com and I went shopping, which I have not done in a million years, what feels like. I got a really cute jacket. I got a really cute sweater. I am very excited about it. From Patagonia to Yeti to Big Agnes to Santa Cruz Bicycles, Backcountry.com has thousands of your favorite brands and products for every outdoor adventure. Not sure where to start on camping gear, skis, or a winter jacket? When you ask for help at backcountry.com, you are not getting an outdoor hobbyist. Backcountry gearheads are experts. Experts who can give you a masterclass in the great outdoors. See, I love this because I love hiking, but I also love looking like I hike. (laughs) If you know what I mean? Same goes for yoga. Like, I want to walk by and people are like, oh man, like she definitely knows how to do a down dog situation. You know what I mean? Um, And I'm incredibly lazy and I don't work out that often. So yeah. Anything from providing you a detailed pack list for your next summit to gift recommendations for your outdoorsy friend to what winter jacket works for you. 
Everything backcountry sells is the highest quality, but the backcountry gearheads are the real difference. They are former pro athletes, Olympians, 100 plus days a year skiers, and seasoned guides with years of experience. All available 24-7 by phone, email, or chat for product recommendations and hard-won advice. Wow, this is cool. Go to backcountry.com slash shame to get 15% off your first full-priced purchase. Some exclusions apply. Go right now to get 15% off at backcountry.com slash shame. That's backcountry.com slash shame. Hall of Shame is brought to you by ZipRecruiter. As an employer, you've got a lot on your plate, running your business, ensuring workplace safety, and much more. So leave your hiring to the one place that makes finding qualified candidates fast and easy. ZipRecruiter.com slash shame. ZipRecruiter.com slash shame. ZipRecruiter sends your job to over 100 of the web's leading job sites, but they don't stop there. With their powerful matching technology, ZipRecruiter scans thousands of resumes to find people with the right experience and actively invites them to apply to your job. ZipRecruiter makes hiring efficient and effective with features like screening questions to filter candidates and an all-in-one dashboard where you can review and rate your candidates. ZipRecruiter is so effective that four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. And right now, to try ZipRecruiter for free, our listeners can go to ZipRecruiter.com slash shame. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash S-H-A-M-E. ZipRecruiter.com slash shame. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Hall of Shame is brought to you by PayPal. Okay, guys, let me talk to you about PayPal and why I love it so much. At the beginning of quarantine, I was doing this really dumb cooking show, but we were trying to raise money for Meals on Wheels. So I shared my PayPal and all of these people were sending me $5, $2, $1, $10. We raised over $5,000 with the help of PayPal and we were able to donate it to Meals on Wheels, Los Angeles. And to be honest, it was one of the more prouder moments of my life. Things may have changed around us, but our inner drive to be there for people we care about runs deeper than ever. Our normal has changed and we are finding new ways to connect and continue supporting one another. We've started social distancing when we spend time with friends and explore local cuisine, and we're doing more to support and advocate for underrepresented communities. So what we need more than ever is an easy way to support each other from afar. With the PayPal app, sending and receiving money is faster and easier. Stay connected with people you love. Quickly and securely send money to friends and family just about anywhere in the world. Start a money pool to split the bill, go in on a gift, or, hello, fundraise for a good cause. Make touch-free QR code payments at your favorite local restaurant or farmer's market. Donate to a local nonprofit or support a cause from across the country. PayPal is making it easy to pay safely, quickly, and easily. Download the PayPal app today. Terms and conditions apply. Hey guys, Sean Hayes here. Jason Bateman, Will Arnett, and I had a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to sit down with not one, not two, but three presidents of the United States on our recent episode of Smartless. That's because President Biden, a returning guest, brought two of his favorite pals, former Presidents Bill Clinton and Barack Obama, all joined us for unforgettable conversation. It's a historic episode of Smartless as we pry into the minds of these remarkable leaders. We'll cover everything from their time in office, America's responsibilities in the world, and their personal passions in an episode full of some candid stories, insightful perspectives, and a few surprises along the way. Whether you're a political junkie or just curious about the inner workings of the Oval Office, this episode is a must listen. Don't miss out on this incredible opportunity to hear from three of the most influential figures in recent American history. Follow Smartless on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also listen to Smartless ad free by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. 
Okay, we are back with our number one who, again, does not deserve to be our number one. Rechna, any guesses to who it might be? Serena. Serena Williams, our queen, comes in at number one because little crybaby men cannot handle a woman showing her emotions on the court. At the 2018 U.S. Open, Serena Williams was playing our other queen, Naomi Osaka. Umpire Carlos Ramos gave Serena a coaching violation during the match. He thought he saw Serena's coach signaling her from the stands, which is illegal. Uh, she told Ramos, If he gives me a thumbs up, he's telling me to come on. We don't have any code, and I know you don't know that. And I understand why you may have thought I, that was coaching. But I'm telling you, it's not. I don't cheat to win. I'd rather lose. I'm just letting you know. It was a coaching violation. I guess it was a thumbs up, and Serena's setting him straight. That, that is not coaching. But I can understand why you may have thought that, but just know I... I don't cheat. I'd rather lose. I'm just letting you know. Moments later, she hit the ball into the net in frustration and she broke her racket. Serena, Alina Dufresne, smash that one. Something that her male counterparts have done literally countless times. And John McEnroe, like, they were like, our guy! Like, that was his thing that made him, like, lovable. Roll the clip. Answer my question! The question, jerk! You can't be serious, man. You cannot be serious. That ball was on the line. Chalk flew up. It was clearly in. How can you possibly call that out? How many are you can miss? That he's walking over. Everyone knows it's in in this whole stadium, and you call it out. Explain that to me, will you? You can repeat it. You can repeat it. It wasn't anything. We're not going to have a point taken away because this guy's an incompetent fool. You know that? That's what he is. That's what he is, right? And we're not going to have a point taken away because I said nothing that was like a scene or anything. So this is not new behavior. In fact, I'd say it's pretty common. Mostly common from the other side. Mm, yep. So like not only, yes, do they do it all the time, but they get props. Like when they do it, everyone's like, our guy, so passionate. Yeah. Lovable. Love this. <laughs> Love this look on you. Yeah. You know what? Are you so brave? <laughs> when we do it, it's like, is it is it that time of the month, Serena? Yeah. Huh? Oh, I guess our girl's got a tampon in. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. So this is not new behavior. In fact, I'd say it's pretty common. Code violation, record abuse. Point penalty, Mrs. Williams. This go-around, when Serena reacted, the umpire took more points from her and an entire match. Did not see that coming. And now Serena's confused by the score being called out. This is unbelievable. Every time I play here, I'm confident. What? Yeah, that's a warning. I didn't get coaching. I didn't get coaching. I didn't get coaching. You need to take, you need to make an announcement that I didn't get coaching. I don't cheat. I didn't get coaching. How can you say that? You need to, you need to, you owe me an apology. You owe me an apology. I have, 
cheated in my life. I have a daughter and I stand what's right for her and I've never cheated. And you owe me an apology. You will never do that. So she went on to lose and Naomi Osaka won her very first Grand Slam title. Serena was on the front page of Harper's Bazaar a year later with an extensive interview that I'm going to pull a few things from because who better to hear from than the queen herself in this situation. Mm. This is what Serena said about this particular moment. I could not have been happier for her. As for me, I felt defeated and disrespected by a sport that I love, one that I have dedicated my life to and that my family truly changed. Not because we were welcomed, but because we wouldn't stop winning. Girl, I got chills. That just gave me chills. I... I love her. I love her. And she's so right. The way that people treated the Williams sisters when they first came on to the sport, it was it was unconscionable. Yeah. Well, listen, she's a hero of ours. And like this broke her heart, but it also broke so it also affected so many women who support her. Like the way this dominated every conversation in the sports world for like a week and a half was sexist, racist, unacceptable. And to be honest, just fucking dumb. Yeah, it's just like, it's like that thing where like women are so composed all the time. We're so expected to be a certain way all the time that like it stands out because we are like held to such a different set of standards. Men do it all the time. So you're like, whatever. Exactly. It's like par for the course for them. And it's like, oh my God, shocking when we actually stand up for ourselves. Here's just an example of how the press depicted her. A cartoonist at the Herald Sun, an Australian publication depicted depicted her in a really stereotypically racist way. Ugh. It's horrifying. Disgusting. Reshna, you're I we all know that you're a huge tennis fan. What was your reaction when this stuff started to happen? A, I was furious because the disproportionate coverage about it took away from Osaka's win, right? So like I think even Serena was like, this is her moment. Exactly. Not mine. Yeah. And they acted like Serena tried to take away from her moment. And it's like, no, 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 media, your fucking coverage is the issue. It was actually, if I'm remembering right, kind of a beautiful moment between them at the end of Mm -hmm. the match. Yeah, she was like crying and Serena was hugging her and she was like, congratulations, you did great. Yeah. Yeah, and so instead of like focusing on that incredible sportsmanship, they of course wanted to focus on this other thing because I just think that like we don't hold the same openness for women. Like, we're just held in such stricter boxes. Yeah. It's so fucking... I, I was furious on so many levels. John McEnroe made a career out of doing that. Of and, like, dick. never... Ev- not only, like, just, like, was, like, praised for it, like we were talking about. Yeah. It's so frustrating to me. Yeah. And it just... It was just, like, it's so blatantly racist and sexist that you're just, like, really? Like, we're not even trying to hide it. Yeah. It was wild. Exactly. But that's the world we live in. So Serena Williams was fined $17,000, by the way, for breaking her racket. Serena said, my heart broke. I started to think again. What could I have done better? Was I wrong to stand up? Why is it that when women get passionate, they're labeled emotional, crazy, and irrational? But when men do, they're seen as passionate and strong. That's right. That's it. She said it in a nutshell. At the core of this, quote, meltdown, Serena was defending her integrity and became emotional because her character was being questioned. Absolutely. And I, I mean, that's something worth fighting for. We, we've set, seen men meltdown because, like, the cult, they thought it was out and it was in and we've seen that. She's, like, literally, like, you're accusing me of being a cheater. I am not. That's not okay with me. And, and remind me, I'm pretty sure she was just like, I have a daughter. I don't want my daughter thinking that her mother is a cheater. Yeah, it matters. So at the end of the day, 
we love it when athletes show emotion. It means they care, male or female. Unless they're biting someone's ear off and then that's like taking it too far. Unless they're biting somebody's ear. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> but the point is you can't celebrate someone for something and then tear down another for the exact same thing. Serena does not deserve to be on this list for one second. This episode was really just a way to like stan our queen and we all tricked you into listening. Mm. And so if you made it this far, joke's on you, I guess. <laughs> um, we love Serena Williams. While we're at it, Serena just finished playing at the US Open where she made it to the semifinals. And as of the release of this podcast is currently playing at Roland Garros in France and we will be cheering her on. Yes. Woo! This is a very female power podcast. I love it. I love it too. That's it for Hall of Shame. We'll see you guys next week. Bye, guys. Hall of Shame is a product of Crooked Media. The show is produced by Caroline Reston and Allison Falzetta. Our executive producers are Sarah Geismer and Stephen Hoffman. Engineering and sound design by Kyle Seglin and Charlotte Landis. Our theme music is by Taka Yasuzawa. Thank you to Sydney Rapp and Brian Semmel for production support every week. Hey guys, Sean Hayes here. Jason Bateman, Will Arnett, and I had a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to sit down with not one, not two, but three presidents of the United States on our recent episode of Smartless. That's because President Biden, a returning guest, brought two of his favorite pals, former presidents Bill Clinton and Barack Obama, all joined us for unforgettable conversation. It's a historic episode of Smartless as we pry into the minds of these remarkable leaders. We'll cover everything from their time in office, America's responsibilities in the world, and their personal passions in an episode full of some candid stories, insightful perspectives, and a few surprises along the way. Whether you're a political junkie or just curious about the inner workings of the Oval Office, this episode is a must listen. Don't miss out on this incredible opportunity to hear from three of the most influential figures in recent American history. Follow Smartless on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also listen to Smartless ad free by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts.